Recording started. Okay. I have 6.09 p.m. I have six o'clock. Me too. Six o'clock. Uh, Chair Schmidt, would you like to introduce the meeting or do you want me to? I, I, you please do, uh, Cheryl. Okay. This is the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force Complaint Committee, City and County of San Francisco. We are in hearing room 408, uh, City Hall, 1, Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, San Francisco, California, 94102. This is a regular meeting of the Complaint Committee of the Sunshine Task Force. The day's date is September 19, 2023. Remote access and or in-person participation. The Sunshine Ordinance Task Force and its committees convene hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance, in-person public comment, remote access for petitioners and respondents, and remote public comment via teleconference. Uh, today's WebEx remote link and login information is T-I-N-Y-U-R-L period com, C-O-M, forward slash 56D6KWAP. The password is sunshine. Today's call-in telephone number is 415-655-0001, and the meeting ID is 2597-129-111-POUND. Press star 3 to enter the speaker line. Uh, Chair Schmidt, do you want to read meeting decorum? Sure. Decorum. Any member of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force may call for decorum due to the disorderly conduct of meeting participants. Persons who engage in threatening and or menacing behavior may be asked to leave. Okay. Uh, shall we begin with item number one? Yes, please. Item number one, call to order roll call and agenda changes. Roll call. Uh, Member Wolf? Absent. Member Stein? Present. Member Stein, present. Chair Schmidt? Present. Chair Schmidt, present. We have a quorum. And just a note for the record that uh, there was some, uh, I, I won't call it confusion, but it seems like people weren't quite sure when uh, Member Wolf was going to stop being part of the committee and i believe that mr uh, member sugarman would start and i think we believe now that next month member sugarman will be the third member of the committee but today we have two but we do have quorum no agenda changes for me none for me Okay. Okay. Uh, no agenda changes. Uh, is that from both uh, Chair Schmidt and uh, Member Stein? Yes. Correct. All right. Great. Uh, shall we read item number two? Yes, please. Item number two: Approval of the April 15, 2023, Complaint Committee meeting minutes. I have a copy of the minutes right here. Um, if we have changes that need to be edited and taken care of. Any uh, any changes, members? Um, there were some typos. They were pretty minor. Um, so I'm just pulling it open. On page two of the um, packet. Oh, the first page. Sorry, the 
Yeah, the first substantive page. Okay. You know, page two at the bottom or page. I don't even know how to describe the pages anymore, but um, what we would have called P2 in the old days um, under item one action moved by chair Schmidt, second by member Stein um, two. to continue two, yeah. two words and not in the past tense. And then P6. Um, the third paragraph from the top. Under action, it just says forward the matter to the SOTF with the recommendation, it should say, for a violation. Right now, it says with the recommend a violation. Okay, uh, Chair Schmidt, any uh, suggested changes? I accept uh, all those changes um, and I have no nothing further. So I, I will um, uh, make a motion to approve uh, with the edits having been um, set forth by Member Stein. I'll second that. Would you like to open up public comment at this time? Yes, please. Yes, if there's anybody who'd like to make public comment at this time. Uh, if you're on the telephone, you can press star three to raise your hand to indicate you'd like to Make public comment, and if you're on the application, you can use the application to raise your hand. I see 1 hand raised at this time. I will unmute them. Speaker, are you ready to make public comment? Um, is that Mr. Neha Victor? Uh, he lowered his hand, so I believe it was up by accident. I see no other indications for public comment at this time. Okay, let's vote. Member Schmidt. Aye. Member Schmidt, aye. Member Stein. Aye. Member Stein, aye. Uh, Member Wolf, absent. Uh, moved by Member Schmidt, seconded by Member Stein, or Chair Schmidt, seconded by Member Stein to accept the changes proposed by Member Stein to the uh, uh, August 15, 2023 minutes. Okay, so shall we go to the next item? Yes. Item number three, public comment. Members of the public may address the committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. Yes, if anybody would like to make general public comment on uh, at today's meeting, uh, please raise your hand by hitting star three on the telephone, or otherwise use the application to raise your hand to indicate you would like to make public comment. I'll give everyone a few moments. I don't know if there's anybody in the room, but if you are in there and would like to make public comment, you may approach the podium. I see no indications for general public comment. And nobody here. So we can um, conclude that item and move to number four.
Okay, now general public comment. Well, shall we move on to the next item? Yes. Item number four, file number 23024, complaint filed by Paul Neha against the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency for allegedly violating administrative code section 6725 by failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request in a timely or complete manner. On August 15, 2023, the complaint committee moved to continue file number 23028 to the call of the chair. So this is essentially the first time this case is going to be heard. All right. If you are, oh, yes, Victor. I just want to indicate if you're a party to this matter, if you can raise your hand at this time, it would be appreciated so I can identify you. Thank you very much. We have two parties uh, who have indicated uh, they are party to okay. this matter. Uh, they have raised and, their hand. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's find out who's here. I, I is uh, Mr. Neha here? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, I just heard you. Thank you. And uh, I, I'm guessing that someone may here be here on behalf of the respondent. The MTA. Okay. Yes. Hi, okay. uh, Leanne Non, uh, SFMTA Chief of Staff of the Streets Division. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, we have five complaint matters, petitions, technically, that are on uh, today's calendar. We will follow the following. Uh, Procedures. This is a committee meeting. We do not make any final decisions per the rules uh, as currently constituted. What we will be looking at is to determine if a case uh, involves public documents, if it involves uh, public meetings. And also whether the task force has jurisdiction of a matter. We will consider whether to forward a matter uh, to the, the full task force who can make a final determination of the matter. The, um, we may, in some cases, make a recommendation many cases we do not. The procedure will be that uh, the petitioner starts with, uh, you can present your case knowing that we have already looked at the documentation in the file. It will give you up to three minutes, followed by the respondent. And after those openings, the members of the task force will have an opportunity to ask questions of the parties. And after that, the members will discuss what to do with the case, what to do next. And uh, that's where we conclude and make any kind of a decision or not not a final decision, but a recommendation, et cetera. Okay, so 
when uh, Cheryl's ready, uh, we will hear from Mr. Neha first for up to three minutes. Mr. Neha, you ready to begin? Yes, I am. Go ahead, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, let me just dive in. Leanne Nan and Hank Wilson subjected me to harassment under the threat of disciplinary action for over a year in discrimination and retaliation because they refused to carry out their orders, which have violated the policies of the SFMTA and wasted public funds. They have intentionally created unbearable working conditions by trying to separate me from my family and put me in a situation where I had to do a job of two people without extra pay or resign. I repeatedly reported the harassment to their higher man to the higher management, and uh, on January 20th, I sent an open letter to the head of HR, Kimberly Ackerman, and uh, director of uh, the SFMTA board, Gwyneth Borden. In that letter, I asked to follow up on my previous request to investigate the ongoing harassment that Hank Wilson and Leanne Nunn have subjected me to. At the end of the last year, Hank and Leanne conspired in their unsuccessful attempt to fire me by misconstruing the city mandating in-office requirement. Hank repeatedly claimed that I was in violation of the in-office requirement while I had adhered to it at all times when I wasn't on maternity leave, on vacation, or on medical leave with a doctor's note. I have not received any response uh, from any of the people who I sent the letter to, so I submitted a sanction request for all written electronic communications to and from me and Nan and any other records related to Paul Kniha from January 9th, 2023 to through January 20th, 2023. I knew that that letter inevitably sparked numerous conversations, uh, and I believed that I had a right to know their nature. However, the SFMT refused to provide any of the communication, claiming that uh, the communication that I requested are exempt from disclosure under uh, either under the attorney-client privilege uh, or attorney work product privilege. Uh, they're members of the task force. In case in front of you today uh, is about misuse of attorney-client privilege. In my opinion, the communication is covered by attorney-client privilege only if it is between the attorney and the client. I argue that none of the communication that arrived to and from Leanne is covered by their privilege just because it was subsequently, after the fact, forwarded to their attorney for an advice. Therefore, all of the documents that are requested are subject to the disclosure in case 23-43. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, when Cheryl's ready, we can now hear from the respondent. All right. Um, good evening. Uh, my name is Leanne. Just a moment. Ms. Nan, just a second. Okay, Ms. Nan, are you all set? Yes, I am. Go ahead. All right. Good evening. Uh, Leanne Nan, again, Chief of Staff of the Streets Division of the SFMTA. Um, here to respond to the uh, Mr. Neha's complaint. Mr. Neha submitted uh, four public records requests on January 30th, uh, 2023. Uh, all four requests were uh, to four different individuals at the SFMTA, Ted Graff, Hank Wilson, Sheena Dines, and myself, all requesting documents from January 9th uh, 2023 through January 20th, 2023. 
I have, uh, I did not submit uh, a response because I had duplicate records. Uh, I had six duplicate records that were already being provided by three of the individuals that I had just mentioned. Um, I also did not submit any records that were related to attorney-client privilege. Um, the records in question were discussing advice that I have received from the attorneys uh, regarding Mr. Neha's release from employment at the SFMTA. I did not have any records that I subsequently forwarded to the city attorney's office. All records that I do have were originally uh, with the city attorney um, on them. Thank you. All right, um, we now may have uh, questions. The members, and so, so I'll ask uh, Member Stein first if um, she has anything. Um, yeah, I have a couple of questions um, for the petitioner. Um, so, what records were provided? Uh, from Leanne, none. So she just she the only response that I got is that the documents are. Um, uh, the, the communications that have requested would impede the ability of the SFMTA to receive legal advice. Currently, will not provide privileged attorney client communications and attorney work product. Uh, the other members have responded uh, with the information that uh, with some communication, but um, uh, it wasn't complete. There was no discussion of uh, the letter and um, um, and. And I know just from the previous the disclosures that I received before they hired the city attorney um, that they there are extensive extensive communication about my case, um, and a letter like this simply could not have been just ignored, and it is not possible that there were none communication whatsoever. Okay, and. Um... So the time, the dates that you're asking about, these are all dates that are subsequent to you requesting that an investigation be opened? I mean, the dates of the records that you're asking for? Um, yeah, I actually may have, uh, so the, the, the request Yes, the actually the records were, um, January 9th through January 20th, yes. So I wanted to specifically, uh, I was specifically interested in the communication uh, on January 20th when the letter was sent out and I received none of those uh, communication. And uh, January 20th, wait, we, we say when the letter was sent out, that means when you requested an investigation? Yes, that's right. Okay. So you believe that there was emails or some kinds of communication that occurred before um, anybody would be consulting an attorney about it um, for an investigation. Yes, um, and uh, so before and uh, on the day when they received the uh, the email, they had to have some conversations that they did not disclose, that they refused to disclose. Okay, and then I have questions for the for um, 
Miss Nan. Um, did you do a search for documents that you ha might have that respond were responsive to this request, or did you not search? I, I did a search using Mr. Neha's name. Um, and how did you determine that whatever documents you found were covered by attorney-client privilege? Because the attorney was CC'd on all of the correspondence. So attorneys were CC'd on correspondence before the request for an investigation? Yes. Um, and why do you believe it's in the public interest not to disclose this information? I have been advised by the city attorney that um, it is subject to attorney client privilege. Okay, those are all my questions. Okay, thank you, Member Stein. Uh, just a couple of um, further questions um, for Ms. Non and I think Member Stein uh, asked asked a lot of the questions that I had in mind, but maybe a couple more. When you did that search through your emails, it sounds like what you're saying is that six documents you did find in that search, but you knew that they were being produced in response to um, uh, another request that had gone to another employee. Is, is that, is that, did I get that right? Correct. It was the exact same dates. Okay. And, and who was that? Who, who was the six that were provided? Um, how, what was the request? Uh, what was the request? Who was it to? The request from Mr. Neha, who is it to whereby those six were given to him? Who was the correspondence with? Is that your question? It, well, the person who produced the six to Mr. Neha. Oh, Shana D Dines. Uh, okay. Who okay. Is and in our Ms. HR. Neha, did, did, did you get six documents um, from? Uh, Sheena Dines and it would be that, Ed Wilson. Okay, so they you believe they produced those six, correct? correct. It, to the respondent. Okay, uh, Mr. Neha, does that make sense to you that you did get documents that would respond to this request, but you got them from other responding parties? Uh, none of the documents that I received had uh, anything to do with this letter. So um, I have reasons to you... believe that they were also withheld. Um, and I don't remember. So I believe that the response for the, uh, for the other Sunshine requests um, also said that the documents, some of the documents are uh, uh, withheld due to attorney-client privilege as well, but, yes. they, they, but they contained some um, other uh, documents that had nothing to do with this letter. And they were of very low value of interest um so but leanne did not produce any of them at all uh except for just saying that 
um, all of the communication that supposedly you know, took place is claiming that uh, all of this is attorney-client privilege. Back to the respondent, you said that there were documents that have not been produced because the uh, city attorney's office has been CC'd on those. Could you, I, I don't need identities, but could you tell me uh, generally who your correspondences were with uh, that where the CCs to the city attorney appeared? Were they to other people in your department? Were they to people outside the city? Can you give me some some information about that? All correspondence would be with, with SFMTA employees and the city attorneys. They were either C city attorney was either CC'd or uh, the emails were direct to and from the city attorney's office. Okay, okay. So some were direct and were, some were CCs. Okay, and it sounds to me also, and, and this is a little bit of a different question that for all the documents that would have responded to this request but were withheld based on attorney-client privilege you 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 did go out and find uh advice that those were privileged is is that what you were saying earlier correct okay Okay, now I, I think the last question I have for you, it's it's sort of a just a cleanup question. I I noticed that it at some point um, there was a claim that maybe some of the documents were covered by a different protection, and that's called the attorney work product protection. Is that something that you? Uh, chose to assert, or is that is that a subject that didn't really come up in your decision making as to which documents to withhold? Uh, that didn't come up. I'm not asserting that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, no further questions at this time. So, so I think that we will uh, determine what to do with the matter now. Uh, this is a period where the members talk amongst themselves, and we may end up uh, forwarding it to the task force, but that's what we're going to figure out now. Any thoughts, Member Stein? Yeah, um, I think it's clear these are public documents under our jurisdiction. Um, I think it's, I think the case is slightly um, mislabeled in that it it seemed like the i don't know in the file it talks about looking at a 67.25 violation failing to respond to an idr in a timely manner but i actually think this case is more about whether certain exemptions were properly applied particularly the attorney client privilege or evidence code 1040 which was sort of appended later as a potential reason why these were exempt um, so, uh, my thought would be to forward it to the task force to consider whether these exemptions were properly applied. I don't know how you feel about it. 
that that's that's going to be fine with me um let me just note a couple of things one is i think the 1040 was only asserted with regard to a separate request oh. that's not the subject of this i i okay. cracked the numbers because okay. that one bothered me too because yeah. it, it came in later but it was a different request okay um i i'm not quite sure what the whether in this task force we've seen quite this this scenario of you sort of make a pile of uh cc's and one of them is the city attorney or you know i'm not saying they made a bunch of them or i'm not saying that it was nefarious here but just by ceasing the city attorney i'm not sure how far that can really go in terms of preserving uh the privilege i know these are all city employees and so it's within quote the client uh, but that's a question that I don't really know the final answer to as I sit here today. But you know, attorney-client privilege can be can be complicated and real complicated when it comes to uh, public employees. I, um, on the other hand, I think that they the claim of attorney-client privilege. It is plausible here. I don't see any reason to disbelieve that the communications that were withheld would have been uh, would have involved uh, the city attorney. So I don't see any sort of anything suspicious about the situation here. So I'm not quite sure if I see any circumstances that would lead me to find a violation at this point. But I do uh, agree with Member Stein that we should move this on to the task force. I think we should probably do it. We should say, I'm going to make a motion. Um, yeah, these are public records. There's jurisdiction. Unless you already made a motion, Member Stein. Okay. We have jurisdiction. Uh, we have no recommendation, uh, but exactly as Member Stein stated, to determine the ap applicability of the exemptions claimed. That's my motion. Second it. But I maybe even I, don't, I do second it. But maybe I wonder if you want to just mention the attorney-client privilege exemption because we've already heard that the other one isn't really being claimed here work product even though it was mentioned in the response and that the i think it was confusing that there was documentation about ongoing investigation exemption 1040 exemption so if really what is at stake here is attorney client privilege that i would maybe specify that i'll, I'll amend uh the language of the motion if we could just change it from exemptions to exemption based on attorney-client privilege.
and when you when you have that, Cheryl, we could move uh, on. Shall I read public, it back? Public comment on the motion. Yeah, go ahead and read. Yeah, uh, moved by Chair Schmidt, seconded by Member Stein, uh, that the records of public there is jurisdiction and determine and to determine the applicability of exemptions on exemption based on attorney-client privilege. I feel like I'm missing what? something. Yeah. Determine the applicability of the exemptions claimed or exemption. which are based on the exemption claimed, which is based on attorney-client privilege. It's basically the notes I have. Uh, let's see, public records jurisdiction to determine the that applicability of, of a, based on exemptions claimed, which are based on attorney-client privilege. It doesn't make sense. No, it's it. A couple things got elided there. So the the motion was that the records are public; they're within our jurisdiction. Um, we are not making a recommendation, but we want the task force to determine the applicability of the attorney-client privilege exemptions cla exemption claimed. Maybe that's a better way to put it. So determine the applicability of the attorney client privilege exemption based on the exemptions claimed to determine the applicability of the attorney client privilege exemption claimed which are based on attorney client privilege no, you can just get rid of that. If you say determine the applicability of the attorney client privilege exemption claimed, then you don't need anything else. Should we open it up for public comment? Public comment, please. Yes, if anybody would like to make public comment at this time, you can raise your hand through the application or uh, press star three on the telephone. I'll give everybody a moment. Or approach the podium uh, if you are present. I see no indications for public comment at this time. Okay, thank you. We can vote. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Member Stein. Aye. Member Stein, aye. Uh, two in favor uh, for this for this particular motion. Okay, next item. Next item, item number five, file number 23079, complaint filed by Lance Carnes against Public Works for allegedly violating administrative code section 6721 by failing to provide responsive records in a timely and or complete manner. It's the first time this case is heard. All right, uh, do we have a, a petitioner here, Mr. Carnes? 
Ah, yes. Mr. Carnes, could you approach the microphone? You will get to speak first. Let's find out if there's a representative of the DPW. Uh, okay, we, it sounds like we do have. Let me get a name, please. I believe uh, Mr. Steinberg is here. Okay, great. great. Uh, Mr. Steinberg, you do have control over your own microphone at this time. All right, so uh, same rules apply. Um, first from petitioner, uh, up to three minutes to tell us about the case, and then we will uh, turn to respondent to do the same. When Cheryl's ready, may start. Are you ready to begin, sir? Go ahead. Okay, good <clears throat> evening. Commissioners, um, my name is Lance Carnes, and um, I was on an email list recently with members of uh, BART with DPW and other appellants um, on a case that covered the uh, street trees on Market Street. Um, BART wants to put in uh, canopies over all their underground entrances and uh, some trees had to be be removed. So during our discussion on 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 the email list, one of the um, engineers from BART said, "I noticed that this particular tree has no live. It doesn't seem to be alive." And so um, immediately, some DPW uh, foresters piped in one said um okay that's uh so you know when a tree is dead it's a removal just a standard removal when uh the uh person from dpw piped in he said it was um uh a little bit more serious it was a hazard tree and then the chief of the forestry division at dpw christopher buck said it's an emergency i'm going to make it an emergency removal unfortunately in san francisco city code article 16 there is no provision for an emergency notice um, so i i objected on online and told him that i, di I didn't hear a response from him and uh so um following on to this i wanted to see what an emergency tree looked like emergency removal tree look like. So I I filed um, public records request 23-3077, and I sent, send tree information reports and photos from the DPW tree database. And uh, they did send those in time, but unfortunately the tree photographs were two and a half years old, and the uh, tree information report was fairly current on my up. My time up. Is what was the little beat? Three minutes, Joe. Well, twenty more seconds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, that's that's basically it. I would like to get uh, better information. I, I also immediately turned around and filed public request twenty three three one six four, and I I gave a date range. You know, from June fourth to the present. So I I, I believe that uh, public works just played with me. 
Okay, Cheryl, when you're ready, uh, it's the respondent's turn. Mr. Steinberg, are you ready to begin speaking, sir? David Steinberg, please. Mr. Steinberg, can you hear me? Uh, Victor, are you I there? I see. Can, can you? Um, he is unmuted, so we should be able to hear him. Ms. Steinberg, I've just muted and unmuted you. Uh, any luck? So, so it sounds like he's, um, he seems to have contact with us, but, um, uh, can not... you hear me now? Oh yeah. Yes. There we go. Yes. David, sorry, we can sorry. hear I, you. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what's wrong with my computer. I had to, I had to call in on my phone. So, um, okay. So good. You can no hear problem. me. No problem. Sorry okay. about that. But, um, That's all right. Whatever you say. Okay. You ready? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Uh, hi, my name is David Steinberg. I'm custodian of records for San Francisco Public Works. Um, I think the, the, um, our response is pretty straightforward. Um, as Mr. Karn said, he he submitted two records requests. Uh, one on um, June 12th and one on June 14th. Um, on the the one that he submitted on the 12th, we released uh, records to him as he as he noted, um, and that was just an open ended any any records related to these trees. Um, and we closed that request on June 22nd. So then on June 26th, we closed the second request, uh, which had a, a narrower date range. And I, I wrote him and said, we don't have anything. Staff said we don't have any any documents in that date range. All the documents we had, we already released to him under the first request. Um, so I closed that request. Um, and I, I also <clears throat> gave him a link to his previous request, which contained all of the, the documents we had. So um, his, his, uh, his complaint summary, in the complaint summary, he seems to be complaining that the the three records that we did release to him in the first request, which we linked to in the second request, weren't in the date date range he specified, which is correct. As I told him when I closed the request, we had nothing other than what we'd already previously given him. So um, that's pretty much it. We 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 there there were no responsive records to the second request, and we gave him everything that he asked for in the first request. So. Um, that's, that's where we are. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Steinberg. So your position is that everything 
that that you had that was described in the request was produced? Well, technically, the second request, because it had a date range of June, was it June 4th to the to the filing date, there actually were no responsive records. Okay. Because uh, there was nothing from the from that date range. But so I, was... I told them that, but I but I but I did give them the link to the first one where we gave them the other ones that were outside of that date range. But nothing responsive was withheld. Correct. Okay. Yeah, okay. There were, as I said, there were there were no responsive. T- technically, there were no responsive records to the second request because because uh, there was nothing in that date range. Got it. Okay. Member Stein, any questions? Yeah, I just have a couple of questions um, for Mr. Steinberg. This might seem repetitive. I'm just not familiar with the tree database. Was he was the petitioner given all the records related to the trees identified? Um, well, for the for the request. Well, the, not the, even. The, the, I mean, I'm just wondering: was there more information in the database related to these trees that? Fell outside the date range, but that he did not receive. I, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I think there may have been, um, and, and I say that only because after he filed the complaint, we were going back and and the 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 documents that we gave him for his first request, um, uh, we gave him all the photos of the trees, but I think there may have also been a photo of um, a copy of the of the notice of, of removal, um, which um, I was I, I wasn't aware of and, and wasn't given um, at the time. Um, so are you, okay, so are you saying that he received all photographs that were in that file related to the trees identified all photographs that were that exist? I believe that for the first in the first request, I believe that there is actually an additional photo, uh, not of the trees, but of a of the removal notice, which we never right. which we never gave to him. And then when he sent when he submitted the second request, there was not that was there wasn't in a date range, so we didn't have anything. Okay, thanks. Um, and then my question for Mr. Carnes, um, do you believe that uh, the DPW is withholding? Photographs of the trees you identified? No, I don't think they had, um, excuse me, I don't think they had any photographs in their database um, that, that were pertinent. Um, I was talking about a, a removal that was scheduled for May 2023, and the photographs I received were from November um, 2020. Right, I understand that, but do you believe that there are are documents outstanding that have not been provided to you? Um, I, I don't see why not. <clears throat> the, the tree is on Market Street, plainly visible by anybody. Anybody here could go see it if they want. Um, if I was asking about why it's an emergency removal, which means the tree is ready to fall on property or damage somebody, um, they would you know, provide a photograph that's more current that shows the, the tree is stable, but they didn't do that. Um, and that little information sheet is just, it's kind of a formality. It's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't reflect anything real. It just says, this is what's scheduled. Um, they're supposed to remove the tree on, uh, 
June 2nd, 2023. I think the, the, the documents in your records, um, but, uh, just so you know that on the way down to this meeting tonight, I went by fifth and market glanced out the bus window and there's the tree still there. So it, it was never fully removed. Um, is there any city code that you're aware of that requires documentation of, um, you know, visual documentation of a tree prior to removal? Yes, it's uh, Article 16 of the San Francisco Code, which is subtitled uh, Urban Forestry. Okay, and... Um... Yeah, but it's a, it's a standard, excuse me one thing, you know, it's a standard, if you're going to remove a tree, you have to have a, a removal hearing. And, and prior to that removal hearing, you, you provide the public with photographs of trees to be removed. So there was a notice of removal, apparently, if, but was there a removal hearing as far as you know? No, there wasn't. This, uh, Mr. Buck advanced it from a tree that was dead, which is just a normal, a normal re removal. Somebody else in his department upped it to what's called a hazard tree, which requires a 30-day notice, pardon me, 15-day notice, and then a hearing. And, and Mr. Buck advance that further to the emergency removal notice, which under Article 16 does not exist. So right. the whole thing is rife with just, as I said, they're, they're playing with me. So. Um, was the report on the trees that you identified um, current, even though the photograph was not, was there information in the reports that you received about the current status of the trees? Um, let's see, the, the BART engineer who notified us of the, the tree was essentially dead. Um, he, he sent that in and uh, it was just a, just a dead tree. It wasn't anything, you know, wasn't anything emergency about it. I'm sorry. And the question you asked was because you got because you you asked for the reports and the photographs, right, of the trees uh -huh. by their identification number, and you did get reports. And I'm just wondering if the reports reflected um, the the current status of trees of the trees. If the reports were more, more up to date than the photographs that you received. Um, I, mean, I know the reports were in the packet, but I didn't. That's okay. I didn't yeah. think of it at the time. So it's. Uh... This this is called a tree information report, and um, it, under action date, it says June 2nd, 2023, remove grind, which means that, you know, if you take a tree down, there'll be, usually they leave a stump after they take a tree down, and grind means you grind that stump down to nothing. So when I came by this evening, <laughs> stump was still there, it's four feet tall. Uh, so, so this, 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 this is something that they said would be done, uh, immediately, but it was never done. Um, and then on June, on, on May 30th, the, uh, thing says, uh, posted 24 hour again in article 16, that, that is not a, a legal, uh, post posting time. So. Okay. All right. Those are all my questions. Thank you. Member Stein. I don't have any further questions, so I think we can uh, determine what we want to do here. 
I, I think that um, maybe we are looking at a case where um, I'm not sure what we can do here. All we can do is try to figure out, did they give you the documents that you asked for? And um, not sh even if someone should have had better documentation, should have done X, should have done one, Y, should have done Z, uh, if they didn't do those things and there's no documentation, therefore, um, and then they say, we didn't do those things, so that we have no documents of it, they are giving you the documents that exist. And so that's sort of the point where our jurisdiction seems to yeah. end. Uh, it seems like maybe the issues that are coming up here are more the substantive side of things, and yeah. we can't really enforce it. Well, there was a, a public um, email list where the BART engineer submitted a photograph of the tree he wanted removed. So that's the one that, that um, urban forestry used to, to determine that this is an emergency removal. So that, that's a legal document. It's in a, a public forum and, uh, it's in my packet of stuff. So. You, you did not get that photograph from DPW. No, is I what you're saying. No, no. Okay. Have you, do you have a copy of that photograph? Oh yeah. It's, it's, I submitted it. Um, okay. Okay. With my stuff and here, here's a picture okay. for you. It's on P66. And the fellow actually circled the tree. He wanted it removed. Okay. Okay. I, I, I think that the best we can do is just to see if the, the task force, um, as a whole, uh, wants to make any kind of order on behalf of Mr. Carnes. I don't know what I can tell you about how that might go. It, you know, all the documents that we're talking about here are clearly um, within our jurisdiction. They would be public. So there's no, no question there. Um, I guess it's just a question of, do we simply send it on for a full, full task force hearing? Member Stein. Yeah, I mean, so I, I agree with what you said. Sometimes the information is that the information wasn't recorded how it should be, where it should be. Things did not necessarily, you know, sometimes that is what you learn by not getting information that should be there. Um, I, I don't really see why they would withhold it if they had it in the proper database, but um, you know, I'm happy to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think they have the information where it should be, um, but we can't really do anything about that. We can only get you the information if it's there. Okay. So, um, I'm going to make a motion that we find these, these are our public documents and that the task force does have jurisdiction and that this should be heard before the full task force at the soonest available hearing. I'll second it. Are you making any recommendations for violations? I am not making any recommendations. 
if anybody would like to make public comment on this motion, you can raise your hand hand at this time by pressing star three or otherwise using the application to raise your hand. If you're in the room, you can approach the podium for public comment at this time. I see no indications for public comment on this matter. Okay, so we're ready for a vote, Cheryl. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Member Stein. Aye. Member Stein, aye. Moved by Chair Schmidt, seconded by Member Stein to find that there is jurisdiction, the records are public, and to forward to the task force uh, for for uh, hearing. Yeah, that, Mr. Carnes, that's a, a very standard um, step. We are simply pushing this forward. That's pretty much what we can do here. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Ready for item number six? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Steinberg. Thank you, David. Item number six, file number 23028, complaint filed by Maria Schulman against Sarah Mounder and the Department of Police Accountability for allegedly violating Administrative Code Section 6725 by failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request in a timely and or complete manner. On August 15, 2023, the complaint committee moved to continue this file to the call of the chair. Okay. Um, do we have the parties online? If you are a party to this matter, if you can use the application and raise your hand, it would be appreciated. Uh, they have identified themselves. Uh, they have been moved to the panelist list and they have control over their own microphones. Okay, great. So, um, uh, Cheryl, when you're ready, we can hear from Ms. Shulman. And this is on um, 23028. That's correct. You ready? You guys yes. ready? Okay. Yes. Uh, Ms. Shulman, are you ready to begin speaking? Yes. Okay. Ready? Go ahead. Okay, thank you to members of the task force for taking the time to hear my complaint. So I filed an immediate disclosure request on March 9th through the next request portal, which I've used many times previously beginning in October of 2021. I've used this portal to file immediate disclosure requests many times and the respondent has never made an issue of my using the portal to make IDRs. They had previously treated my IDR requests as IDR requests and they had never complained about the types of records that I was asking for either. Um, I did not receive any kind of response after filing the request um, on Thursday, March 9th. So um, I filed the complaint with the Sunshine Task Force and I did not receive any of the records that I requested until March 15th. And you can see the relevant dates on page 36 of the online packet. When I did receive the records, they were not keyed by footnote or other clear reference. And I believe that is a violation of um, 6726 and 6727 of the Sunshine Ordinance. Um, 
I believe that members of the public should be able to make immediate disclosure requests via next request. It is not the fault of the public that the software which the city has chosen to use and which presumably is paid for through our tax dollars does not support writing the words immediate disclosure in the subject heading of these requests, which is what the Sunshine Ordinance requires. Um, the respondent further attempted to claim that my request was not simple, routine, or readily answerable. However, the records that um, the respondent eventually provided were a simple series of short emails that had been sent and received over the course of three weeks. And you can see the emails and that the respondent only had to make minimal redactions. The respondent has acknowledged that my request was made during a time of transition for their department, and they basically say that my request was temporarily lost in the shuffle. Um, the Sunshine Ordinance doesn't make an exemption for staffing transitions, and hopefully the respondent will be better organized in the future. Thank you so much. I yield the remainder of my time. Thank you. Cheryl, when you're ready, we can hear from the respondent. Ms. Mowdery, oh good, there you are. You ready to begin, Ms. Mowder? Yes, can you hear me? Um, you're gonna have to speak up because we're having trouble. Okay, can you hear me now? It's better, the closer you can speak to the microphone, the better it is. Is that better? Yeah. Good. That's better. All right, great. Are you ready to begin? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, there were, let's see, some few, some few things I feel like I should clear up. Um, Ms. Shulman has consistently made uh, requests and labeled them as immediate disclosure requests. However, the request I don't think she's ever made one that actually qualifies for immediate disclosure because none of the requests have been simple, routine, or readily answerable. We often drop other work to prioritize her requests and do get them to her quickly, but that does not mean that they qualified for immediate disclosure in the first place. Uh, members of our staff that have, have had many conversations or communications with her, excuse me, about how to make uh, an immediate disclosure request to our department, which would be through all the normal means, such as a fax, uh, a letter, an email to our public records email. Uh, DPA has not chosen to use next request for all of our public requests, public records requests. We created the next request uh, DPA portal separate from the city to handle requests made for SB 1421 records, a very special large project. Um, and one of the reasons is we do recognize that it doesn't actually conform with the technical requirements needed to make an immediate disclosure request. And we've explained this multiple times, um, even minutes before uh, Ms. Shulman tried to make an immediate disclosure request again through the portal. So this is a consistent issue that really doesn't need to be an issue because we've provided the email address where requests can be made. That's all I have. Thank you. Um, Member Stein, any questions for the for the uh, parties?
So I guess I have one question for Ms. Monder. Um, it seems that no one saw the request for four or five days. Um, can you speak to that? Sure. Um, the portal is there for us to post documents for people who have um, requested police misconduct records and generally they request them through a letter and we use that portal to post post documents um, related to police records up there and almost all of them are um, uh, under the rule of reason because they've requested thousands and thousands of pages of records. So it's not a, a place where we check frequently um, and the response that we gave was well within the 10 day deadline for regular public records requests, which which this was a regular public records request because it did not qualify for immediate disclosure. So okay, that, getting back within five days is well within the 10 days that the California Public Records Act allows. Okay, that was really my only question. All right. Um, let's see, for, for Ms. Maunder, um, one question I have is, what's, okay, first, with regards to the special process, I'll call it, whereby you're segmenting off the 1421 records, did you say that that in that process, it's not possible to submit an IDR for those records? Uh, in theory, you can anyone can submit an immediate disclosure request for something, um, and it could qualify. Uh, you cannot, next request is not set up to accept immediate disclosure requests because there are very specific rules for making one in the administrative okay. code and there is no place to identify um, on the outside a request for immediate disclosure. So the purpose of, of identifying on an envelope or on a fax cover sheet or an email subject line that something that a requester wants something for immediate disclosure is so that it can alert staff to prioritize it. But there is no technical way of doing that in next request. And that's why it is not a good place if you want quick responses from a department. And okay. ne the next request yeah. fields are completely out of our control. And part of the reason we only it's part of the reason we only use it for um, the fourteen twenty one project. And is there any rule that um, if someone wants fourteen twenty one records through that project? that they're required only to use that process to get them? Oh, absolutely not. We re we accept all kinds of 20, uh, 1421 requests. Okay. Okay. So that's just one option. I see. Yeah. It, it's actually where we use to publish the records. Most people do not communicate with us through the portal. Okay. Okay. And I think that's, that's really all I have uh, question wise. Um, so member Stein, let's, um, let's figure out, uh, how we want to do this. 
I think that I think we're probably going to end up sending this to the full task force because there may be differing opinions on the concepts that are going on here. It's not one that we've quite seen before where they have a, a very specific special portal. I, I'm not saying that I'm necessarily seeing anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that um, it may be just something that should be considered by the full task force. I, I Other than, yeah, they're, they're public documents and jurisdiction. I'm pretty open to just sending it on. What do you think? Yeah, um, for me, it's, I think the way that, I mean, I, I know from having looked closely at next request that there isn't really an easy way for it to conform to the IDR requirements. I think that the um, police accountability department does try to explain somewhat on their uh, website that they're using this for the 1421 requests. Mm -hmm. They don't specifically address what to do if you, I mean, I know they addressed in person, but they didn't, they don't specifically address on their website what to do if you have an IDR. Um, and I think it could be confusing to users. Um, you know, they give an email address you can submit to, but I think like, a, I think many users might not even know what SB 1421 is and they're looking for how do I submit requests to the DPA. Um, so for me, it's um, just an issue of, you know, this is kind of a slightly murky, confusing situation for users. Um, and then there's just the ongoing, you know, problems with next request around IDRs among, you know, other issues that we might have with next request. So I agree that this is, we can take it to the full SOTF. Um, and maybe there are some suggestions for, you know, how to, to better handle IDRs in this context. Okay. And I, I know there's the initial question of, is it, you know, labeled, et cetera, et cetera, as an IDR. I just wanted to say that I think this may be the kind of case where I would probably say it is a simple request and therefore it would qualify. I know that that is contested here, but from, from what I can see, there's not that many requests that are a lot simpler than this one. It looks like it's really clear cut. So that would be something that I would probably raise um, when when we when we do um, uh, hear it at the full task force. Member Stein, um, I think I should let you make a motion for a change. Um, I will make the motion that these documents are under our jurisdiction. They qualify as public records and to forward this case to the full task force um, without any recommendation. Second. If there's anybody who'd like to make public comment on this matter, you can approach the podium at this time or raise your hand to indicate you'd like to make public comment. I have a public comment. We have a public commenter in the room. Um, 
I wanted to ask um, Ms. Stein, when you were speaking about users being confused by next request, um, because with regard to IDRs, media disclosure, by users, you meant people, government employees who were supposed to be responding to the... No, I meant people who want to submit a records request. People like me. Yeah. Okay, so if thank you go to their webpage I see. of the DPA, they talk about making a public records request through next request, and then they have like more detail about how this is really for SB 1421. They never define what SB 1421 is. Oh, I see. Okay. Exactly. So I think if you're just someone who wants to make a request to the DPA, it could be confusing. Sure. Like, do I make it here? Do all the, you know, and sure. how does an IDR get made through this portal? I see. Okay. Thank you. That clears it up for me. Thank you so much. Okay, Victor, I, I think that uh, may be the end of public comment unless you have anyone else. I do not have any remote comment. Okay. Uh, Cheryl, let's go ahead and vote. Member Stein? Aye. Member Stein, aye. Chair Schmidt? Aye. Chair Schmidt? Aye. Two in favor. And I believe the next item may have the same. Uh, two parties. Item number seven, file number 23035, complaint filed by Maria Schulman against Sarah Mounder and the Department of Police Accountability for allegedly violating Administrative Code Section 6725 by failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request in a timely and or complete manner. All right. Uh, when Cheryl's ready, we'll hear first from Ms. Schulman on this one. Ms. Shulman, are you ready to begin speaking? Yes. You may begin. So thank you again for taking the time to hear my complaints. I filed an immediate disclosure request on March 21st through the next request portal, which I'd used many times in the past. Prior to just a week or two before that request, the respondent had not previously made an issue of my use of the portal to make these immediate disclosure requests. Um, they had not made an issue about the type of records that I was requesting through this portal. I've used this portal um, since October 3rd, 2021 to request similar records. Um, I first used it to make an immediate disclosure request on November 21st, 2021. Subsequently, I filed two IDRs on the November 22nd, 2021, two on December 3rd, 2021, one on May 26th, 2022, one on June 2nd, 2022, one on June 10th, 2022, one on June 21st, 2022, and three on February 28th, 2023. The respondent never questioned my use of this portal to make IDRs until March of 2023. Um, additionally, in um, his replies to me and his comments elsewhere, I felt that the staff person responding to this request was dismissive and that he, for whatever reason, was disinclined to provide the records I was asking for, even though those records are public. If you look at page 46 of the online packet, the respondent states, quote, there are many other deadlines and tasks that the DPA short staff records department faces currently, unquote. I hope that somebody will inform this individual that fulfill 
fulfilling records requests is part of his regular duties and that these tasks should never be regarded as extraneous or unnecessary work. Further down that same page, the respondent alleges, quote, unfortunately, it has become increasingly clear that Ms. Shulman is more interested in bringing claims in front of the SOTF for litigation than she is in getting the record she is requesting, unquote. I find this allegation highly offensive. With all due respect to the task force, I know you are volunteers, the work you do is highly technical and time consuming, but I would just want to be clear, this process is not fun for me. It's not easy for ordinary people People to attend these meetings. I would not do this if I didn't regard it as my civic duty. And I wonder how many other people have been discouraged from participating in this process after being accused of litigiousness by the respondent or by similar respondents. Thank you. I yield the remainder of my time. All right. Thank you, Ms. Shulman. Cheryl, when, when you're ready, we can hear from the respondent. Ms. Mander, are you ready to begin? Go ahead. Uh, I would like to just reference the record for 23028, uh, the complaint that we just heard. Um, all of my arguments are exactly the same because this is essentially the same complaint, um, albeit for a different set of email records that were quite extensive. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one quick question to the respondent. You said that in this one, the records were extensive. Could you um, elaborate a bit on that? Like, how, how would you measure extensiveness on this one, 23035? Sure. That means we have to go through multiple people's email inboxes uh, and individually pull email files convert them to PDFs and search through them for um, uh, record, or excuse me, um, information to redact. And so it's a time consuming process and therefore extensive. Thank you. Okay. I have no further questions. Uh, Member Stein. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think this case, um, in its notes, it says we're looking at a 67.25 violation, um, or it alleges a 67.21 violation. So it's it's basically focused around lateness. But I really think the question here is whether the Sunshine Ordinance gives users a right to make immediate disclosure requests in any form or on any platform. Um, that might exist for records requests. Um, and I think it's kind of tricky here because the DPA is, you know, using it for one thing. Um, they have given some information, although privately on how to make IDR requests, but, you know, the question is, can, you know, um, does the Sunshine Ordinance give users a right to make IDR requests on any portal, essentially? Um, or can some portals be immune? <laughs> To IDR requests, so I think to me, that's the heart of the question that's coming up in both of these cases, even though I don't see a strict timeliness violation in this case, I think it still raises this larger question about how do you know, can you limit IDRs based on a platform just by asserting that we won't take them or we can't accept them in this platform. So, again, I think this just has to go to the full SOTF. We can't really. 
determine anything about that here. I'm agreed. Yes. So um, I'll, I'll just again say it's um, I'll make a motion that it's public records under our jurisdiction and we forward it to the ta full task force for consideration without any recommendation. If I could append to that motion that we make sure to hear these two together. Oh, yeah. And I second. Okay. That's acceptable. And preferable. <laughs> Apologies. Um, if there's anybody who'd like to make public comment, you can do so at this time by uh, raising your hand through the application or or if you are in person, you may approach the podium. I see no indications for public comment. Time for a vote. Member Stein. Aye. Member Stein, aye. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Moved by Member Stein, seconded by Chair Schmidt that the records are published. There is jurisdiction and afford the matter to the task force with a request to keep uh, file numbers 23028 and 23035 heard at the same time. All right. And thank you to both parties. Uh, Ms. Schulman, I want to say I um, just on a personal note, I, I do agree that it is uh, very important that you are able to, you know, take the time to do something which is, uh, you, you said civic duty, it is civic duty and um, it's very commendable and you are doing a great job of it. Okay. Um, I think we can go on to the next item. Okay. Item number eight, file number 23080, complaint filed by Mark Bruno against Patrick Hannon and the Department of Building Inspection for allegedly violating administrative code section 6721 by failing to provide responsive records in a timely and a complete manner. All right. I have one so Today, uh, Christine Gasparic, I was just wondering if you are a, a party to this matter. Uh, yes, I am the assistant director at the Department of Building Inspection, and I oversee our communications department and our Sunshine uh, team. Very good. Very good. Thank you. And Mr. Bruno, Mr. Bruno is here in the courtroom. And so we will pardon. It's not a courtroom. Oh, in the in the hearing room. I'm sorry. That's my day job. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bruno, we will start with, and then we will um, hear from the respondent. Thank you for taking the time, and I. Again, I'm sorry to hear that um, Patrick Hannon, who this was really about, was 
is unable to be here because of a medical challenge, and I hope he overcomes that. Um, so I want to start by pointing out, if you can see it here to my left, and I apologize for those, Ms. Kasparik, online, there's an appeal before the Board of Appeals. I filed the appeal, if you can see it way back there, on April, I'm sorry, August 21st of this year. And it was only four days later that I then asked for an IDR from the building department. There's two appeals, two appeals in a group of people who are elderly, some are even old, more old than me, believe it or not, in this building where most of us have lived there for over 30 years. And there's many issues in this building, um, but what has happened here, unfortunately, um, deliberately or not, is that uh, the communications department at DBI has not fulfilled my request. And why that's important is because this hearing is still s set for uh, the 27th of this month and um, before Board of Appeals, two, two appeals, um, one on a building matter and one on a plumbing matter that, that greatly affects the habitability of our apartments, especially for the four elderly, three elderly people who are living in this, um, at this address. And I take, um, I ask you to, to pay attention to page 243 of the packet where it said by Mr. Hannon, we have finished conducting our search and found no other documents, but that's not true. The reason I know it's not true because I, I didn't realize this when I filed this complaint yet because it was unreadable what he had sent me on the uh, 29th and the 31st of August. Okay, Remember I filed the IDR on the 25th. It came late on the 29th and then it wasn't readable but was eventually readable on the 31st. But even so, the main thing is on the 31st, it's not complete. All I asked for were photographs. And my understanding from uh, Mr. Hannon and uh, hopefully Ms. Gasparic can clarify this, when an inspector comes to our building, within a day or two, they put the photographs on some central file somewhere at the building department. All I was asking for were photographs, those photographs from these inspectors. And the only inspector photographs that were sent to me, again, I believe by accident, are all the ones from the housing department. But the two appeals that I have with other tenants on the 27th are not even housing appeals. So although this is helpful, the appeals, building and plumbing only, also had photographs, and those photographs were never included by the building department with their response. I eventually got what I believe might be the photographs by directly contacting the inspectors. By doing so, they kindly sent me what they believe were the only photographs they took. But I would like still to this day the actual official file for the dates that were given. It was all very uh, clear to read. Made it, I made it very simple for them from all the inspectors, including building and plumbing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, when Cheryl's ready, we can hear from the respondent now. Are you ready to begin, Christine? Uh, yes. Yes. Go ahead. Um, so in response, so I, I, I think the complaint is that, um, and forgive me, I can't see what it was that he showed, but um, I think that the complaint is about 
not being able to read the files that were sent to him. Is that correct? Are you asking me? I'm sorry. I, I, I will just yeah. interject that. Um, if you, if that's your understanding, uh, that I will say that is sort of my understanding, but I'm not sure if that's what I just heard. No, the files are incomplete. And so it seems like maybe there's a couple different uh, aspects here. Yep. But um, could, Cheryl, could you add on about 20 seconds for her, even if it's informally? Um, so that hopefully gives you guidance on that one. Okay, so my understanding when I received this complaint was that um, the complainant was um, was contending that um, he wasn't able to open the files that we sent to him, and so my you know my response to that would be uh, I looked at the email that he sent and it looked like it didn't have an Adobe Reader um, downloaded, and you can't read a PDF file without an Adobe Reader, um, and so that was what I prepared to say. Um, I, as far as the whether or not there are plumbing photos that were not um, produced, I would have to go back and um, and you know look at what was sent and and which photos we have. What are my understanding? You know, I don't directly work with the. I oversee the Sunshine team, but I don't directly work on it. My understanding is that they ask our IT department to do a search, and they pull up. You know anything that's classified, you know, as as a photo or anything that's in the file, um, and so what we sent to him would be what we have in the file. It's possible that an inspector took some photos and didn't upload them to, um, you know, to the actual file, um, and so those wouldn't have been um, when we did the search; those wouldn't have come up. Um, you know, that would be just a a user error, right? Because our protocols are that if you take a photograph, then you add them to the case file. Um, that would be my assumption, but because this is a new, <laughs> uh, you know, because I, I didn't expect that this was the issue, I did not go back and verify that. Okay, uh, thank you. All right, um, we can now ask questions of the parties. Did, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Bruno first. Uh, it, it did seem like a lot of the file was about getting a usable photo in the case of a set of 54 photos, and there were a lot of technical glitches, apparently. Ha have you received those photos there's a much larger I, I didn't say anything about not being able to read anything so I, as i said at the beginning i kindly received photos from the two inspectors who may or may not have been able to give me the complete set of photos owned by the building department which they have every right to present and should present will present on September 27th. But the 54 photos that- They're not the most important ones, they're that, from housing. But, but that's what I'm asking you about first. Here they are. Okay. Yeah. So the set of 54 photos, you have those now, is that right? That's correct. Okay. And so you're saying that 
Those are housing department photos, correct? And they're useful, but they're not the essence of the matter on the 27th okay. or what I asked for. And you haven't received any other photos in in response to this request? That's correct. Okay. And uh, do you have any knowledge about how many other photos are out there that you believe... Um, Nine to would, twelve, I believe. Nine or, to twelve. I think so. Yeah. Photos. Yes. I okay. So. And why do you why do you think that there would be nine to twelve other photos? Because, as I've said several times, the inspectors themselves, at my request, by emailing them. So when inspectors come to your apartment house or apartment, they notify you. They we communicate by email. And by the way, it seems that only Mr. Hannon's department, the communications, is unable to write an email. I know that sounds belittling, it's not meant to, but here, the emails that were supposedly sent to me, every single one of them, which are in your own packet, I don't know if you would notice something so much in the weeds, but it's significant, perhaps to all Sunshine requests. Why would any department or government person type out capital letters in my email address? That's why they never were received by me. I've often wondered, because I used to work at a big film company, does that matter? Yes, this is from September 11th online. You can all look considering the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force. Our email address is case sensitive. I won't bother reading it. The point is they are. And so for any one of us, if we were going to put up a resume or ask for a mortgage or something, you wouldn't change the small letters to big letters. Now, it's possible Mr. Hannon didn't do this deliberately. It was done by AI or some, but my... Uh, I, I'm going to I'm gonna need to... Um, the emails never I, got to I, me. I, I'm going to need to get back to the yeah. question that, that I asked. Um, okay, the 9 to 12 photos, you said there were inspectors who came to your building. Uh, was there a general... Um, uh, general inspector for the whole project or uh -huh. violation? That's so great that you should ask that because that's the essence of Hold on, hold on. Hold no. On. I'm not done yet. The answer is no. Okay. So what was the category of the inspector or the inspectors? Um, building, there were four. Building, administrative, building and, okay. admi and administrative, and housing and plumbing. Okay, okay. And in general... Whatever the issue is, and I don't need to yeah. know uh, the the specifics of it. Is this is this some kind of a plumbing dispute or no? Problem? It's a dispute about evicting elderly people from their place of residences. Okay. That's what it's about. Okay, got it, got it. Um, and and so it's those inspectors who you say um, you you think have the nine to twelve photos. And that's what you're that's what you're yeah, I mean, in need of, right? These aren't is people it, who those just, inspectors. Is it those inspectors? Yeah, the, these okay. this is the notice of violations. That's, they brought notice. They wrote right. up notice of violations, which I'm not asking for because I already have them. And you haven't received any of those nine to 12 photos. I have received, as I said earlier, I, I know it's late in the evening. Mr. Hannon himself told me, and it makes sense because we've all worked in government. And we all know this is how things can and should work. There's a central file for those photos to be uploaded. There's also the inspectors, she and he, some are female and some are male at their desks, working as hard as possible with the photos on their little cameras. I don't want the photos from their little cameras. 
all due respect. I want the photos that I requested from the central records department of DBI, which I have a right to and which are easy to get. They produced 54. Okay. They should be able to produce another 12. Okay, I'm going to ask the respondent now. Um, do you have any reason to believe one way or another or the other uh, that the nine to 12 photos that we were just discussing exist? I have no knowledge of these photos. Um, I'm happy to okay. look for them, but I have no knowledge of these photos. Okay, do you know if um, if a search was done that would have located those photos if they were findable in the course of a proper search? Uh, yes, I have confidence that we did a proper search. Okay, um, and is there anything about what uh, Mr. Bruno just uh, described that could assist in making sure that anything that would be included in that description of the nine to 12 photos could be found for his benefit? Uh, I think we would, what I would probably do is reach out to those inspectors and make sure that there were um, that if they took photos that were not uploaded to the central file, that they uploaded them so they would be found in that search. I mean, that's just my that's assumption of what happened, but, um, you know, okay. it's hard for me to say that's just a, that's just a guess. But you don't, you don't know of any reason why any of these photos would have been hidden, withheld, obscured in some way, do you? No, I, I can't okay. imagine why they would. I can't imagine that, but okay, okay, okay. I, I don't have any knowledge of it one way yeah. or the other. Member Stein, do you have any questions? I, I just have a question for the respondent. Um, can you describe the search process that you used to obtain the documents that you did provide? I cannot because um, the you know the person who manages this program is is on medical leave. Um, I had asked for this to be continued so that, you know, we could come with the person who's most knowledgeable. Um, but Mr. Bruno wanted to have it tonight. And so, unfortunately, I am not the subject matter expert here. And so I have, you know, just a just a cursory knowledge of how we do it. May I say something on this matter? Because when I called originally on the 25th and walked in the IDR, I actually walked it in to um, Director O'Riordan's office, to Betty Lee, in addition to sending it by email on the 25th. I was told then in person, and when I called up Mr. Hannon, who I'd never heard of before in my life on the 25th, it says, I am out of the office, and you can email Ms. Gasparic, the assistant director. So whatever system they have there, to the public face, which is all I care about, frankly, I'm glad they have a great, big, beautiful building. It's stunning. And I think it's all great that we're paying for this beautiful building, but they should have backup plans for when, and they did have a backup plan. It says right on Hannon's phone, please email Christine Gasparic. I, I've never heard of okay. Christine Gasparic. She emailed. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. So she got this on the 25th, as did okay. Mr. Hannon. And I think we got, we've, I think we're, we're clear on, on that. Uh, okay, so it, it does seem like 
one thing that might be helpful is to now that the description is clear it, it may have been already clear i don't know but to make sure that as, as Ms. Ms. Gisberg described, that the pertinent inspectors might be contact to make sure that any kind of photos that they may have have already been put into the system. And if somebody could check to see if there might be photos in the system otherwise, that would be responsive as described by Ms. Mr. Bruno. Can, can you do that, Ms. Gisbark? Uh Yes, yeah, we can do that. Okay, thank you. Um, I, I'm somewhat tempted to put this over to our next meeting to see if, if we might be able to resolve this and have, um, it's possible that those could be found and Mr. Bruno sure. might get what Mr. Sure. Bruno wants. Yeah. And um, I would just ask Mr. Bruno, if, if it, you know, you can keep your claim, you can keep your complaint before us. Yeah, sure. But this sounds like the kind of case where what you really want is just to get the photos. And so if you got photos, you may call us and say, I don't need to come down to city hall. No, for I'm coming case. to, Pardon, with all due respect, I'm coming back to City Hall because, yeah, it's right in your file, and I don't know how much people get paid in San Francisco government. I'm sorry if it sounds disrespectful, but it says right here. Hi, Cheryl. Thanks for your note. This is from Mr. Hannon. You probably read this on page 225. I wasn't aware, but we sent him the records requested on Tuesday. He submitted his request on Friday, August 25th. That's within the allotted time. No? Question mark. How can people who are in charge of a son for the building department want an essential place where people get records? Not, I don't know what the IDR. It, we, we had a conversation, Cheryl and I, by phone, because I didn't know. And I called her the day I spoke for the first time with Mr. Hannon, because he didn't know. He should know. And then he's, I'm glad for his honesty. I respect it. But somebody in charge of Sunshine Request should know that an IDR turnaround is something, whatever it is. And he doesn't know it right here. Thank so you. I would like to yeah. come back because I'm concerned about the building department's inability to respond in a fair, transparent way to the public. I'm going to then um, put this over for a month, if if that's all right with Member Stein, uh, to see if that kind of search can be done. And uh, Mr. Bruno, you can you can come back for another hearing before us. Uh, in a month, sure. Um, and it, you know, it may be that you get everything you want, or maybe they say it, that, you know, they it doesn't exist, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're just going to put this over a month. Right. And I think Ms. Gaspark uh, knows what you're looking for here, and it's become uh, maybe even clearer than it was. And so, uh, Member Stein, is that is that okay with you? Yeah, that's with me. Um, I did want to add, though, that if for some reason it's not satisfactorily resolved within this committee, that you might want to create an addendum before it goes to the full task force, if it does go to the full task force, where you really make clear that the photos you were looking for were not part of the 
packet or the you know responsive documents okay. that you received Thank and you. maybe even just give us the printout of what was in what you did receive and I then even give us the copy and a chronology yeah, yeah because that's it's too confusing yeah didn't come across in okay the packet. and just to make your case as strongly as possible okay if it does have to go there i would try to include those i agree with you I and that's what our jobs is just to make sure that yeah. you can present your strongest case okay i agree with you and i thank you for that advice thank you thank you so is this a motion chair schmidt i'll just make it a motion so we don't have a question uh, i'll move to continue this one um until the next available meeting which i hope is next month do you want to specify what should happen in that and, and we we do ask that the respondent um, do the um, the check for the records that we just discussed, which could be nine to twelve, maybe, or more, maybe more. That's I don't know. Um, at the various um, locations that we've discussed. Can second that. Thank you. Right, thank you. We do not have uh, any other public commenters uh, on the remote line. If there's anybody in the room who would like to make public comment, you may approach the podium at this time. Okay, we can have a vote. <laughs> like it's a little late to mention this, but I was wondering if you if we wanted to have deadlines. So that if it didn't happen, this doesn't get slowed because it's all he's trying to get the information in time for a hearing. I don't know. I just yeah. I'm um, I'm gonna member Stein um, has just pointed out that maybe we should ask for a reasonable period of time where uh, Ms. Gasparic. Could you, um, what do you think, give, say a week? Would, would a week be enough to that you could uh, do those checks to get it, um, get it ascertained whether those photos can be made available? Uh, yes, a week should be sufficient. Okay, thank you. So I'll add that, that we, you know, we're requesting that she do this within one week from today. today, today Thank you. Uh, Wednesday. 19th. September 19th. September 19th. Because the hearing is on the 27th before the Board of Appeals. Actual hearing for all these. Yeah. So maybe it could be done. Anyway, it's, it's the 27th that I have to appear, I think, in this building with those photographs, the 27th. So maybe. Mm. Five days or something. I don't know. Whatever. So, by the 25th, can we say that? Uh, how about it just having just determined that actually there is this hearing coming up on the 27th? Could we move it maybe two days up so that we say that it's by um, Monday the 25th? Uh, this coming Monday. Ms. Gasparic, is that is that reasonable? Uh, we'll try. We'll okay. Um, how about Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, 
Monday, Tuesday. We'll shoot. We'll shoot for Monday. Um, we okay. Shoot for Monday Tuesday and by Tuesday. Oh, today's Tuesday. Oh, okay. Tuesday is full week, but all right. Oh, better. You're right. You're right. Um, Monday is is better, and um, I I think that um, you know I don't know if they would care to hear about this at that this hearing at the other hearing that takes place next week for him. Um, but, uh, there's a good chance he might raise the issue that he couldn't gather the evidence because he has an existing claim before the task force. And, um, I'm just, I'm just saying this because that might mean they'd need to move, move this hearing back because there's a, uh, a concern about not having uh, gotten the documents, but if he gets the, if he gets the photos by the time of the hearing, then that probably is irrelevant. What I just said. Okay. Well, we've already got a past motion, so we're we're done with your case, Mr. Brenner. Thank you. And um, I think we can go to the next item. Did you vote on that motion? Huh? Did we, we actually vote on that motion? I don't think yeah. okay. Yeah, we voted. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> Item number nine, discuss proposing edits to expedite complaint process per the ordinance requirements. Okay, so I had thought I might have had um, a beautiful written presentation. Uh, actually, I never thought I would have that. But I thought I would have something in writing, and I did not in preparation. However, uh, it may be that we can actually get something done here in terms of just uh, talking informally about ideas of potential amendments that might come out of this committee. Um, and I have, I have a couple of thoughts, but I want to note that, um, member Stein probably has, uh, much better ideas than I have at the moment on this. I don't know about that. I have a lot of notes and I don't really want to give a lecture, <laughs> but, um, I just have been compiling notes on what I feel like. The questions I have uh -huh. um, about our process and whether it's as strong as it could be, and also what I see as the problem. Um, so, I mean, and I know we're we're pretty much in agreement because this is the second time around the hopper that, you know, we're not quite meeting the deadlines set by the Sunshine Ordinance of 45 days. Um, we have a backlog um, that prevents us from helping petitioners get the info they want in a timely fashion often. And as I, as I like to say, like, you know, information has a shelf life as this last case showed, you know, the information is going to be much more valuable to that petitioner if it comes before the hearing <laughs> than after a hearing. Right. Um, and that we still, you know, even though we have this long backlog, we also still on a yearly basis seem to be getting more complaints than we can process under our current system. So, um, you know, to me, you know, I think 
we could do a better job in terms of serving petitioners um, in a shorter time frame, um, and that we could potentially like reduce some redundancies that seem to be in the system in terms of how we process complaints, um, and that we could just do better in providing a kind of more equitable and timely process to all petitioners who who bring complaints. Right. I mean, I, I think we all work really hard. We try our best, but I feel like we could have better processes, and so. I, I'm kind of just raising these issues in the spirit of these are questions I have. I don't really have a proposal at this point either, but I feel like number one, we need more clarity about the purpose of committee review. <laughs> and I feel like we have, um, you know, different ideas, like this whole thing about deciding whether, um, you know, the documents are public or there's jurisdiction. That's kind of one purpose. I'm not sure that purpose is best served by having it come to a committee. Like that purpose could be served by seeing whether there's even a dispute among the parties on, on these two questions. And if there's not a dispute, then we probably don't need to be hearing it for jurisdiction and, um, you know, public document. Um, so, so that's one thing. Um, so clarity about the purpose, you know, is it, to try to make the files more complete? Is it to, you know, and, and if so, I'll say, you know, sometimes we do give advice to add material to the files, but it doesn't, it often doesn't happen anyway. And I see the same file again when it goes to the full task force without whatever suggestions were made. Um, so I'm not sure if there's how much value there is in that if the files don't really change with our suggestions. Um, there's the whole thing about making recommendations, but these are just very, you know, weak recommendations. Um, there's deciding whether it should go to a consent calendar or not. That seems to be kind of the the range of purposes that's there in the committee. And I'm just not sure, um, you know, how valuable they are, how many of them are really being served in this process of being heard by a committee. So that's one question I have, like, what is the purpose of things going to committee? Is going to committee the best way to serve those purposes, right? Um, you know, so I, you know, 1 idea is, you know, respondents could be given a checkoff document that ask if they agree the records are public if they agree that this is under our jurisdiction and if there's no dispute there, maybe that shouldn't be 1 of our purposes. Um, I also think, um, that it also matters whether records have been withheld or not, um, in terms of whether we could maybe make a determination, a definitive determination in committee. And that's a, something I'd like to raise too. Maybe there should be some types of cases that can just be determined in committee without going to the full task force. And I might say that, you know, if there's no, you know, no disagreement about the jurisdiction, publicness of the records, maybe if there's no documents that are outstanding, um, maybe we could make determinative um, decisions, right? And that would be adding something to how we currently handle things in committee. And I feel like that could be an important thing to consider because at least from the annual report, half of our cases have to do with timeliness. And I would suspect that many of those cases, the documents have been provided. There's not much of a dispute about the facts. Like it seems easy to determine timeliness cases, especially where documents have been fully provided, right? Um, so, you know, I have questions like, you know, maybe. Maybe things don't need to go before committee at all. <laughs> maybe they just need to go to the full task force and committees could be doing other things, or if they're going to go before the committee, maybe we need to rethink what is it the committee is doing and the scope of the decision making. Um, you know, in my ideal world, um, even if it still goes to committee, 
in my ideal world, it would go to committee and then it would go straight to the full task force after committee all within 45 days um, or be decided within 45 days. And I'm just thinking like, how can we achieve that? Right? Um, so those are things I'm thinking about. I'm also kind of thinking about, and I'm not sure, like this could be very unpopular, but I'm just thinking about how many cases or complaints should one person be able to either file or have heard in a year? Um, and I just raised this because last year, half of our cases came from just three petitioners. Um, and we do have this backlog, which means that we can't equitably get to everybody quickly enough. And so I'm almost wondering, you know, and there probably is no appetite for it, but I just want to throw it out as an idea. You know, could we consider limiting the number of complaints that people can bring in a year? or how we prioritize the number of complaints we would prioritize in the normal process in that year. These are just like ideas, I've, you know, thoughts that have occurred to me in thinking about like, how can we improve this process? So I kind of gave a lecture, but it's just really a lot of questions. Thank you, Professor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I, I am, at, at least in agreement with just about everything you just said, and yet my positions as have probably been stated before are maybe sometimes even more extreme in terms of um, change. I, I think that the um, there, there's there's two impressions that I've gotten that seem like um, hurdles to me that I don't quite understand them, and yet they seem to to be. Things that are almost going to defeat any attempt at really addressing what I think are some pretty fundamental issues. One is I, I think that there may be lip service to the, I, to one idea that I have, and I'm not saying that uh, uh, you, Member Stein, are necessarily part of the difficulty that I'm describing, but um, I get a sense that whenever I mention, among other task force members, that I'm very concerned that people have to wait a year or two to get these decisions, I don't really get a sense of them even seeing what I'm talking about. The second is that it, it, it's, it has struck me that there are certain provisions of the ordinance that I read a certain way, but um, 
other members of the task force do not. And I still have not quite understood. Maybe I haven't explained why I feel certain provisions mean a certain thing. Maybe I haven't done that enough, but I don't know if I've heard from other people. One example is the word shall. Mm -hmm. And I have always thought, maybe I've assumed that the word shall is clear, but maybe um, I'm, maybe I'm jumping to some level of conclusion that I shouldn't, but it, that, that has been an obstacle to me because I think there are several points in the ordinance where the law says we shall, as a task force, do certain things. And I myself don't see any way around that, really. Um, and I think that maybe there's a, there's a, we all have like a desire, a, a vision of like what should be happening here. What should we be accomplishing? How how we should be doing it? Um, but I think sometimes the desire differs from what the law says that we're supposed to be doing here. And I think this is an example of something that maybe people, you tell them that they shall do something in 45 days, and it's like, well, it's it's that's not in my vision. <laughs> that's not that's not in my my perception of how things look to me in, in my ideal world. I don't know. So those are kind of the, the stumbling blocks that I see and it, it, it feels like if I can't get some sense of how to attack those, I'm not quite sure how to appeal to people to actually enact changes because if I see like if I think I see like a, a significant problem but other people don't think it's a problem then when I try to describe my solution I don't think people really want to care hear about a solution to a problem that they don't really think exists I read it a little bit differently. Of course, it's just my interpretation, but I just feel like, and, and I, I feel like there's a history there that we weren't necessarily part of because a lot of people have been members of the task force longer than we have. Um, you know, I think they set up certain processes as a way to try to, you know, minimally meet the rule that like something will get heard within 45 days um, through committee as a, you know, as a way to, in part, it seems like to to try to follow what the law is asking for, and then I just feel like there's a process inertia on top of that, and also not a clear. I think people are help. And again, this is maybe the optimist in me. I think that if they were presented with a kind of complete vision of how the process could be changed to better meet that rule than the current one, I. Do you think there might there would be openness to it? But I think there's a process inertia about like why change it if we don't know how to exactly fix it, mm -hmm. and if the vision for fixing it has any 
like ambiguity or lack of clarity or, you know, um, questions that can't be answered exactly, I think then that just feeds into the process inertia. But I feel like if we actually could come up with some changes and maybe it's even incremental, um, you know, because part of me wonders whether committees should exist for hearing, for processing the cases, they're not mentioned in the ordinance to that purpose, but maybe an interim step is to say, well, certain cases like timeliness cases where there's no dispute and blah, 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 maybe that could just be sort of taken off the table of something that has to go to the full task force and, and could become something done by the committee. Um, but maybe, you know, somewhere down the line, you wouldn't even want the committees. I don't know, like maybe it could be done in different ways of just trying to streamline it bit by bit until it becomes a less redundant yeah. Process. So I, I, I just think, I think where the proposal kind of failed last time was that there were just questions that weren't quite answered mm -hmm. and a little bit of confusion about how they could be, you know, the process could be concretely, um, you know, put into place, right? There were just a few points of ambiguity, but then that just fed into the inertia, like, well, if we can't figure it out, let's just leave it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, generally, that sounds pretty, pretty, uh, pr pretty accurate. Uh, yeah, process inertia. I think that you know, I, I, I think that that there is a Almost like a, a yeah process inertia, as in, well, this is what we do, therefore, this is what we should do. It's like, okay, well, we have to have hearings and we have to have committees, and uh, because that's that's what you do, kind of thing. There's there's sort of a uh, it, people are comfortable with what exists right now. So, again, I don't see anything in terms of like real desire to, and, and since Anonymous dismissed all his cases, the, the balance sheet looks better. It looks somewhat better. But, but still, it's we're talking about a year or two, and I, you know, that's to some of us, you know, probably. I can probably comment a little bit about that. Oh, sure. Um, Anonymous is gone, and we are like maybe eight cases away from being completed, seeing cases for 2021. In in committees. In committees. Well, no, they've been to committee. They've so just past just disposing of them entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting rid of we have eight left in 2021 that have not been resolved, and they are Maria yeah. Shulman and uh Carl Kramer. Two year, two year cases. Two yeah. years, yeah. We're almost done with 2021. 2022, we have quite a few cases. Again, the majority of them are ready to go to the task force. There are no more cases just sitting that haven't been heard. Um, as far as 2023 goes, um. 
we're getting cases again, this is the summer. So, so we're not getting a lot. We're not getting huge influx like we would normally get like in March or April. It's, it's slower now because of the holidays. Um, and I expect that to pick up in October, November and December. And again, you will be through another holiday season, but we're, we're making progress. I mean, we are. We are probably we've, got 85 cases total this year so far for 2023. But At we only hear point, like 55 cases. We only heard 55 cases last year. So if we've gotten 85 for this year, then we still have more than we can process in the same calendar year. But I was going to say, you know, I feel like, and I could be wrong about this, but just my memory of the last time we proposed to this, I think where things got hung up was. You know, this idea that we would have just members kind of separately reading cases and trying to make determinations if they needed a hearing. And I think that's like the crux of a lot of these problems, right? Like when I try to imagine, okay, how would we determine if something needed a hearing if it went just straight to the full task force? Well, it could be a situation where the full task force looks at the cases before them or that have been filed and says, okay, this one probably needs a hearing. This one, they haven't requested it, and we think we can decide it without a hearing. There might be various ways that the full task force can just decide cases without full on hearings or decide that certain ones need hearings or accept certain petitions to have a full hearing, but other things could just be decided, right? Or that's something that could be devolved into committees. I, see, I feel like there still needs to be a process where you just decide like what needs a full hearing and what doesn't if you assume that hearings are a may question and not a shall question, right? Which is what the ordinance says, like you may do this thing. It doesn't mandate that we do it for every single complaint. But, but it still has to be kind of looked over and decided on somewhere, either full task force or committee. But I think last time there was a lot of discomfort with the idea that, oh, we'll just, you know, kind of assign these things to different people and they can sort of make a decision yeah. um, in this way. So maybe people are more comfortable doing this work in a committee than doing it decentralized. And so maybe that's the way to approach it. But maybe there were other objections too, or other issues that you feel like hung up that last proposal. Um, like I didn't have time to go and review. Well, it might be that that for some reason, people want to have something done in a in a public. Right committee hearing somehow. Um, like there's a comfort in that somehow. Yeah. I think the petitioners would probably be more comfortable going before the task force, like, oh great, my complaint's gonna be heard. Yeah. And they exactly trump it everywhere in their five minutes to speak. And then the respondents like, well, you know, we've provided these records on this date, and it's not complete, not always completely clear. From the respondent, what they've what they've done for the petitioner. Am I wrong? I'm not sure if I'm understanding. Like you feel like it's clearer in the committee than it is sometimes it clearer is. in committee. You're really flushing out things that are you're getting to the crux of the case. Mm -hmm. You know, in like three or four sentences. What is it?
why that has to happen in a in a noticed monthly hearing that could be a function that could be performed by someone making a phone call you know like we could have you know if there's 11 people on this task force you know we could uh, we could just dole it out and say okay each one of us is going to call you know one respondent a month and talk to them and say what's the deal here yeah and i don't know if there's any any i can't imagine there's any reason why we couldn't be doing things much more directly than having to you know bandy it about here well except for the point that you made which is that i feel like um you know people feel like they want the process to be participatory and they want the process to be transparent right so that's kind of an argument for why it you know why where some of the objection might be to just having individual members take on cases as kind of like an advocate or a representative or whatever, and then bringing it to the task force. But well, the, the cost to me, the cost of having multiple public hearings mm -hmm. is clear, which yeah. is that it takes you a year or two to get your documents. Mm -hmm. And that's a trade-off. Mm -hmm. And I think that if, if one is realistic, you're either choosing one or the other. But mm -hmm. to me, if you're choosing to do all this in committee, then you're screwing people who want their records in 45 days. And they have the law. The law says that they're entitled to something that they're not getting. That's my my view on it is, you know, if, you, if we wanna add a bunch of comfort so that people think everything's transparent, well, there's a cost to that because we only have so many hearing days and we can see that, you know, the best I've ever seen is that we're behind by a year or two. Mm -hmm. some, I've seen cases that are, have been sitting around for two years. And, you know, that may sound okay to me and you, but I'll tell you this guy, you know, if we told him he had to wait two years for his, for his photos, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna be too happy about that. Um, I do what I can to uh, light a fire under the respondent. Mm -hmm. I'll get um, yeah. an email from a petitioner who will say, you know, I've been waiting for my documents and I think, oh. Yeah. And, they, and, uh, I'm gonna tell the respondent, fire department, whoever, did you see this particular request? Because they're looking for their records and I get a, within an hour, I get a, oh, great, yeah. thank you, we'll take care of it. And yeah. I do that as much as I possibly can. Yeah, I mean, I could see, like, you know, we could take turns and, you know, like I could be the ombudsman of the month. And so I get a list of new petitioners. I call them up and I say, what do you want? And I figure out, you know, and then I call the respondent and say, well, you know, I think this is what they want. What's going on over there? And this is kind of what you do. So I'm, I'm somewhat, you know, just adding another layer of the same. You do it. Maybe someone else does it. Um, and it but it seems to me that we're trying to use this to do that. 
in mm -hmm. some cases, mm -hmm. not all cases, some cases. And I think that that's um, it. It it doesn't serve those people who want something in less than a year and a half. That that's and, and I I don't know anyone who wants something in more than a year and a half. I've never met a person who wants. Um, so I and we get a lot of people who are angry because it's taken so long. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that I think there's a, an unknown statistic, which is the people who give up, the mm -hmm. people who I either say it that's outside. I'm not going to wait a year and a half for this. Why would I do that? I don't want to go to these hearings. I don't want to sit on the phone for this and wait. And then I get my records a year and a half later or else in the process. They walk away. It's like, this is ridiculous. I should have got, you know, they, maybe they might, they may not say I should have gotten my stuff in 45 days, but on the other hand, that delay maybe causes them to say, I'm, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to stay. I'm not this. entirely sure that happens as frequently as you think, because think about all the people who have been no shows, you know, who have fairly new cases. You know, the cases, you know, that we would bring here as yeah. a complaint committee being the first committee and there are no shows. Yeah. So we schedule a second time, there are no show, we close it immediately. Yeah, and then I don't, let them know. I don't it's know. Closed. So you have 60 days to tell me if you want to reopen it. Yeah. And if I don't get a response, a lot of times, so Maria Shulman always responds when I, when I've closed her cases. Yeah. But there's that too. Well, I don't. I I'm saying that I don't know what that number is. Uh, you know, it's pure. You can speculate on how many people are out there like that. Nobody. There's no way of knowing how many there are. But I'm saying that there is a number. Whether it's zero, it's probably not zero. It's something. And so there's a there's a disincentive, in other words, to sitting through a process that takes you a year and a half, which is maybe about what the average is right now from filing a claim to actually- It's 200 days. That's the actual average from last year. That was what was in the report. 200 days, Bef no. Average yeah. to Cases get Cases take an average of 200 days to resolve. But that's that the time they're filed to the time there's a resolution, a decision. But that see, okay, that number would include someone who dis, who gave up after 30 days. That would bring down the average. Yeah, that's true. I'm talking about someone yeah. who who has to has to push their case mm -hmm. and actually go before the full task force. Someone who is is going to actually go through that. That's one where I think it's about 18 months to get to that point right now. The 200 days would include, you know, an average of those longer ones, but then there's going to be balanced out the ones who. Well, I think the way that I looked at those, it was just, I was just cases that were resolved by the full task force. And I looked at each of them, like their dates through the whole process. So if they were a case that actually went all the way to the full task force, went through various committees, whatever, those took 200 days on average. Um, I don't think I looked at cases that were only like 
well, maybe, I don't know if there were cases that were only heard in a committee. I don't think so, because I just looked at what was resolved ultimately by the full task force in 2022. Well, I, but, I mean, that would, I'm not, I'm not doubting that number. That may be exactly the number. It sounds to me uh, that doesn't, it feels. Feels short. It doesn't feel right to me. You know? But even if it is 18 months, yeah. I mean, 200 days is still four times longer, more than, you know, four yeah. times longer than it's supposed to take. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I hear you saying you like the idea of maybe having individual task force members almost like shepherd a case, like Possibly. just try to make sure that the documents are there, that it's clear what they're asking for, that it's. It, in lieu of what we're doing. And then they I don't, I don't want to add no. anything unless we subtract something. Right. Because all I can see is things getting added on. And what the problem here is that they've been adding things on mm -hmm. and it adds days over and over and over again. And that's why that 45 days, which, you know, it, it seems like for I don't know, 20, 30 years. I don't know if other people have seen that as a problem. You know, maybe I'm just not seeing something, but I, it seems like it's someone that starts it. Well, we have to give them an answer in 45 days. That's what the law says. That's what I would have thought. Yeah. You know, but somebody somewhere along the way uh, decided that that 45 days means a certain thing. Yeah. And so we'll basically do all these things that turn 45 days into whatever, whatever that becomes. Yeah. And I, I frankly, I mean, I, I'm speaking, you know, to the choir here when I say this, because I know you're in agreement with me. I believe that we cannot even do anything until we, we really are not justified in doing anything until we solve the 45 day problem. Because that 45 day to me is, it is a, it's almost like a jurisdictional must for us. And it says shall, and it says you have to have a determination. If they're going to get an order, they're supposed to get it within 45 days. And that's to me like, uh, that I, I just don't see any exceptions to that. That's the rule. And I don't know how we get back to that, but it doesn't seem like we can just keep doing business as usual and have any chance of moving back toward that. Well, the other thing I was going to say is, in my mind, yes, that's one piece of it that needs to be addressed, but the other piece is the hearings. And I feel it's like they almost, you know, it's almost like people have mixed up the shall and the may for the hearings and the days to make a determination. Yeah. Like yeah. It's suddenly we shall hold a hearing and we may make a determination in 45 days instead of we shall make a determination in 45 days and we yeah. may hold a hearing. Um, and I think, you know, having to hold a full hearing, in fact, holding two hearings really yeah. on every case that comes before us is to me also like a big part of the problem. That it's just too much. Um, it just takes too much time. It's also redundant. A lot of what's happening in in these in this first hearing could be 
determined or decided in some other way, whether it's an individual shepherding, whether it's that we can make a final determination in committee on half of these cases. They really don't need to go for a full hearing after they've been heard in committee. Maybe one hearing committee is very, very clear if there are no documents outstanding and there's agreement about everything else and it's just a timeliness violation. And you could still build safeguards into that. Like maybe it has to be unanimous at the committee level or you know, something like that for it to be the final determination at committee. But I feel like it's those two pieces, how to, how to make less redundancy in the, you know, in, in hearing or how to not have hearings, but still have determinations on some cases. I mean, there may Isn't also be what the consent calendar is. I mean, it goes to, it is. Yeah, it kind of is what the consent calendar is. And I feel like the consent calendar is like a step in the right direction, but then it also seems like it still keeps unnecessary redundancies there because it still means that we're hearing it in committee. Everyone is again, reading it at the full task force mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. People feel like they have to show up in case it's taken off the consent calendar and then heard. So it doesn't, you know, it's not necessarily the full answer, but it, it's, it seems to me like an interim step. Maybe it will be the last step. I don't know, but it's, I feel like we can still do better even than the consent calendar. And then there's also might be petitioners who don't even want a hearing. They just want a decision. Yeah. Right. It doesn't, you know, and you don't have a right to a hearing. Yeah. But you don't have, a but right some to people might not even want it is what I'm. Yeah, a lot of people to. don't yeah. want a hearing. And so, um, like. If, if I, I know in my, you know, regular job with dealing with judges, if, if you see that a hearing is not necessary, if anyone sees that a hearing is not necessary, it's rarely going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, usually, um, you don't add hearings. <laughs> and so the statute, I read this statute that says may have a hearing. I would think that would mean, okay, that meant that you pick out the cases that are unusually complicated mm -hmm. or maybe unusually important. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, less than half, maybe less than a quarter. The other ones, since there's no right to a hearing, you just somehow do it on the papers. Mm -hmm. Like one person, it you just say, you know, in order to try to satisfy the 45 day rule, we're just gonna delegate it to one person or delegate it to three people to just make a decision uh on anything that's like timeliness, anything that doesn't seem like there's any dispute. Mm -hmm. And figure out some way that that gets just fast tracked out the door. They get what they want or else it goes away one way or another. And then those May hearings, that's really does, be, that becomes what the task force does. Yeah. And, you know, if you kind of, you know, so say you're thinking of three people making that determination, which probably a lot of people in the task force would feel better about than one person making that determination. Yeah. Then it does, you know, and you want some kind of publicness or transparency or something to that, that those cases could be discussed in committee. You could decide, yes, we can make the decisions on these, you know, half of the cases, 
these half we think need to go to the full task force, mm -hmm. but do it without a hearing. Just do it as, you know, you could take public comment, but it doesn't need to be like a whole hearing process necessarily. And it could still be transparent. You could still have some decisions be determinative at the committee level. You have three yeah. people looking at it. I feel a little bit better about that too, personally, because I feel like there are different levels of knowledge about, you know, public records uh, law and all of that, like sort of distributed among the task force. And it probably is like stronger for three people to make the decision and make sure that, you know, there's a little bit more of, you know, what Bruce calls the brain trust. I don't think the full brain trust is needed for every case, but probably having three people look at it in a semi, you know, yeah. public setting that I feel like some people would have more comfort with that. One way I'm just trying to um, just sort of sort of a thought experiment with with that, which is, you know, say it's this committee. Mm -hmm. We could have had it maybe an agenda. And I'll say there were 10 cases on the agenda. Mm -hmm. And so we walk in here, we get the 10 cases, we get the documents. And so we walk in here, public hearing, you know, anybody can be here to make public comment. Mm -hmm. But we, we, so we call a case. Okay, first case, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want? Done. Okay, mm -hmm. what's our motion? Boom. Public comment number two, but nobody like telling us verbally what they already told us in the papers. Yeah, and no Q and A. If we yeah, no if questions. It's, if it's clear yeah. and we feel like we can make a determination, we do. Maybe we even decide, you know, in terms of changing the process, that there are certain things that are easier to determine than others. But maybe there's no dispute of fact. Maybe it's pretty easy to apply the sunshine ordinance to the set of facts that we see before us, and there's no contesting, um, you know, that it's public, you know, public records under our jurisdiction. Then we could make those definitive decisions, and then maybe a quarter of them we go, you know, this is raises an important question. This it's not clear how this would apply. Blah blah blah. Those we kick up to the task force, and then that's where the full hearing happens. You know, so you're still going to have, like, for the ones that are not clear, you're still going to have, um, you know, people's ability to present their case or whatever. But another thing we could be doing in that committee is saying, oh, you know, we're looking at this. They haven't submitted their actual request. We're not seeing it here or we're not, the response is not really responsive. And, and so we maybe write a memo to the petitioner and respondent and say, this is what you need to do to present this you know, to before this case is heard by the full task force, we expect this additional, you know, just some kind of memo, like, here's what's missing. Um, what about if, if, um, we had a process where, say, you got a committee and, you know, say Cheryl, Cheryl tells us, okay, we got, um, 20 new cases. And, you know, and we could have, you know, extra time, et cetera, but she just say, look, these are the case files and these are ready to go. And before we even walk in the room, you know, like 
before any of this exists, she says, okay, we got 20 cases ready, guys, and you're the complaint committee. And she sends it to the to the three of us. And you know, obviously we have to read the files. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, us all the time. But we read the files and then well, this is a little bit like the idea that we had before, which is three people looking at something and sort of going in line as to what should we do with this thing. But what we could be doing is basically determining whether we even want to send it into a hearing mm -hmm. of a committee. Or do we all think that it's either not ready, that it's uh, a consent calendar, or there may be like, or there may be like legitimate major issue. Like we could, we could knock out without even walking in here. We could say, check, have a checklist. Okay. Do you think this is consent calendar petitioner, consent calendar respondent? Do you think this is major case that needs to go through full process? Or do you think it's not ready? And then at that point, uh, you weed out the consents, you weed out the not readies, and then we set a complaint committee hearing with only the other ones. And we don't have the people speak to us, but we do what you were saying, which is that we have, we talk about what we're going to do with this, take public comment, and then move it on. And so we do have the three people. That's that's just maybe a little bit of a variation on these things that we've been talking about. Yeah, I think there will be people who want the discussion of whether it's for consent or whether it's um you know not ready or needs the full process of, there are people who are going to say we want to see that in a happen in the public meeting with some you know with transparency um and publicness to it of course yeah i i agree there would be a lot of people who might might want that yes and then i would say you know you said then set a committee hearing i would say if if a hearing needs to be set it would be a full task force hearing or if it could be decided in committee then decided at that point if if we decide that committees can make definitive decisions um although there is a i want to distinguish between did they have a right to it versus what do they want so people might want that and i i i believe you that you know like I, I mean, I'm with you that generally we want more transparency, mm -hmm. but I think any anything that we do to try to get close to the 45 day, it's gonna somebody's gonna feel like their ox is gored, somebody's gonna feel like they're losing out on something if we change it so that we can try to get down to that 45 day thing somebody's going to say, oh, somebody's going to scream bloody murder that, 
uh, well, the public doesn't get to do this. They don't get to have two hearings so that they can, so that Peter Warfield can have public comment five times on, on you know, there's going to be someone who's going to be unhappy about it. I think we have to be discerning about, okay, we can, you know, we're going to try to give people an opportunity, but there's sometimes where we just can't just like give luxury, luxurious levels, the kind of luxurious levels of public comment, which lead you to have an 18 month backlog. That's, that's kind of my. So you're talking about shorter public comment. Well, or, or, or less public hearings of things where people are commenting, you know, multiple times on a case they know nothing about. Yeah. And, That's Peter. Yeah. And, and um, I, you know, I, if we had been commenting at our last task force meeting, <laughs> that would have been an additional hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would have been. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, it's about probably about an hour. Yeah. Do you think that there are cases that, you know, and I know um, I can't remember who it is. One of our, I, I know it's been mentioned in the full meeting that in the past there were times when committees were able to make the final determinations. That's the legend. Yeah, um, I've heard that. Do you think that there are certain like criteria that could be put in place that would um, um, sort of guide what we think committees could determine versus not determine. I I think that I think that 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 could be a great way to go. I that to me is a also I mean to me like we can go about ten different ways, and that's another great way to go mm -hmm. is let's. Give it to a committee because to, to me, the value of getting us in compliance with the ordinance is so great that I'm willing to only have three task force members make the decision on any case. Mm -hmm. I want to see people get their shit in a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that, you know, three people of this group are going to make the wrong decision. I think that we can do that. Boom, 45 days done. You know, it's not a murder trial where you're getting the death penalty. It's not like this is, you know, these are documents cases. So we've got enough people. If we have three people look at a case and hear it make the final decision fine i think and th that there's no right to anything more than that in the statute either the statute doesn't mention committees at all however is victor still there <laughs> yeah, yeah we're still in here aren't we yeah, yeah i just <laughs> want to give you a on that uh we did do that before where we had the committees hearing the complaints and then the problem was that when we sent it up to the full task force to, for final approval of the committee's decision, we always had one or two members who wanted to understand it entirely and not trusting the committee. Yeah, yeah. Which would be that's that's that would be if that were if that were the way it was set up. Again, 
that would still, I'm sure that would happen. happen. But that's yeah. also an argument. The problem with that was we had complainants who didn't want to have just three members. They wanted the entire task force. So we needed to make it clear in our procedures that this is how we do everything from now on. And yeah. the full task force needs to authorize the committee to make decisions. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that we'd have to really make it a, a like a strong final that it's three and done. And then we can have multiple committees working on cases, deciding them here, deciding them there. And, you know, to me, it's like, if I don't have to hear some case that three other people are deciding, that that just frees me up to do something substantive instead. A lot of what you're talking about is what is accomplished at compliance. You know, Lila makes a decision. Does this return to the task force or um, yeah, this is yeah. what we are determining happened yeah. and we're closing the case? And that's a lot of what she does. Yeah. She doesn't get the volume that complaint committee does because she only meets every other month. But um, yeah, she tries to make that mm. part of her foundation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. But again, I'll just say like, that's like the radical. That's one radical position, right? One radical position is committees just decided. Yeah, yeah. Um, or another radical position is no more committees. The task force just decides it and it yeah. doesn't go to committee at all, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's like this half step measure of maybe certain kinds of cases like timeliness violations with whatever other things in place. Those can just be decided in committee. Everything else might go, but then doesn't even need to go through committee. Just goes straight to the full task force, or I don't, you know, I don't know. I guess it's still somebody has to triage it, right? Somebody has to. Yeah. Make sure. yeah sorry so, to interrupt, but uh, yeah. in the past, uh, when we had the committees making decisions, uh, I was working with the chairs to sort out the complaints mm -hmm. and send the simple ones to committee. Mm -hmm. So it, that that was me in the past. Okay. <laughs> you would send simple to committee, uh, yes. but but what would you do if it was not simple? I would send this to the full task force if it was just so complex that I didn't think a committee can do it. Really? Uh, that's yeah. a, that's a much better system. That's a much it would depend on the admin to do it and we prefer not to have to make that decisions ourselves. Oh, okay. Okay. Got I don't it. mind doing it, but I can't speak for future administrators. Yeah. 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 It would I depend see. on uh, an administrator kind of acting like a member. Although we could have a single member just designated for any case who just makes that call. Just say, yep. they just say A or B. Is it simple committee or is it complex straight to task force? And they could also weed out, you know, not ready. Because there's always something that's not ready. And, you know, there's could make a few other, maybe other determinations, but the core would be simple committee decided. Complex task force decided. Maybe something like that. So trying to think about it. So like, suppose you had, in, suppose you got the new cases and you divided them equally among all the task force members and individuals looked at them, said, okay, this, 
We think this is straightforward. No disagreement about facts. It's about an easy to apply aspect of the ordinance. Um, we're going to send this one to committee. This one looks too messy, whatever. We think this needs to go to full task force, or this one is not ready. I need to phone the petitioner or the respondent and say, hey, you need to get this in or whatever. If we have, um, you know, 85 cases in this year and we have how many task force members? Like over a year, you might need to, to handle eight cases as a kind of shepherd of those cases yeah. and triaging where they go. And, you know, even though you could say, oh, this is simple, it can go in front of the committee and it can go in front of the committee and the committee can go, oh, hang on. This is actually more complicated than we thought. Yeah, we'll kick it up to up. the full yeah. task force or, oh, yeah, we can decide this. No problem. And this is the definitive decision. But then I think it, it, it you know, if it then goes, I, I don't think those necessarily then need to go for any review to the full task force or to a consent so. calendar. It's a different, it would be a different system, but it would be streamlining it. Yeah. And like I said, you know, just based on what I looked at from 2022, half our cases were timeliness violation. Yeah. Those are yeah. pretty clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, yeah. I, Generally, either they did or they did. And what can you do? You know, it's. Yeah, it's like 10 days or it's 11 days. And yeah. Yeah. So we good. I don't know. It's, and these are this. ideas. We're just... yeah, I know. Yeah. I wrote down a lot of them myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I don't, I don't exactly know. I don't even know, frankly, which one I think is preferable. Um, there's a lot of good ideas there. I do Maybe. think that we're in agreement that it's it's what we have is 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 not good enough. But yeah, I, I just feel like we can really do better, and we can serve people a lot better than we serve them now. And you know, in in my dream vision of what we're doing in this task force. Of course, we're resolving complaints and helping people get their information, but I feel like we're also, you know, spreading the word about freedom of information and public records requests in the city. We're maybe going out and talking to different groups and trying to expand the breadth of who is aware of the Sunshine Ordinance, who can use the Sunshine Ordinance, making it really more of an equitable tool. Like, it disturbs me that it's like three people are half of our cases. And that there are large swaths of the city that probably don't know this exists and don't know how to make a sunshine request and have important information they might need too if they knew about it. Yeah. You know, and I just feel like that work is not getting done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh well one one thought I just had was that well we we the one time we brought some ideas forward, and I don't know if they even if if there was even a vote to approve one part of it. There may have been. There may have been that that's where the consent thing got expanded, but all the other stuff got rejected. We kind of put it into parts, so we could like think about should we propose different like pieces individually of a new system. Or do we try to put it all in one package and say, okay, 
this is what is the new great thing that everyone should vote for. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it seemed like I thought, I thought the last time around we were sort of like, okay, I'll, you know, pick one or two, but not three and four. I thought maybe that's the way it was going to play out shopping kind of thing. Uh, but I don't know how much I would feel confident about doing the, like, here's the, it's all right here, you know, full scheme, everything all laid out. And this is how all the different parts of the machine operate together. I just think that, that the nature of this task force is, is people are all going to have an objection of some kind to some part of that. And the, it would result in everybody having a reason why they didn't want that big new scheme. I don't know. I, I don't know what's the better way to propose changes. I feel like just for thinking about what would be a stronger process and a more equitable and efficient and timely process, that it's important for us to start big picture and think about how these pieces would fit together, but then we could, you know, break it into components and have, you know, here's ideally how it would work in across these different components. But if that's not acceptable, then here's another way it could work. Or, I mean, I don't, maybe that's still too big, but I, I didn't, I didn't want to start this across this discussion by looking at the rules that were already in place and thinking about how to tweak them, because I think the problem is greater than that. Yeah. And I felt like that would be too limiting and that just from a uh, vision point of view that we really should think about how do we make this process more efficient and workable? Yeah. And then, you know, what are the component parts? What's our A list? What we think is the best way to do it? If that's not acceptable because it's not public enough or this or that, what's the B list? What are the safeguards that we would put in? You know, because I'm also thinking about, you know, you do want some kind of safeguards, right? And I, I feel like everyone on the task force are very um, strong advocates for uh, public records requests and public meetings. But I sometimes think about, okay, what if you got somebody in who wasn't a strong advocate? What if they were the opposite of a strong advocate? Like, what safeguard would be there if you were letting one person make a decision? You know what I mean? So yeah, I yeah, yeah. So I do want to think about that component as well. Yeah. Um, that's, that's true. That's true. Although, yeah, I, I guess I'm not quite sure if, if that was ever on the table. Uh, did I say that? Like, let any one person decide a case? Well, the idea was having like individual shepherd. Kind shepherd. Of, yeah, I, I'm calling it shepherd, <laughs> but, you know, letting individuals look at a case and say, okay, this is simple enough. This is. This can be just be cited in committee versus, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. I think that's a good idea in theory, but I'm just, I just want to think like, oh, what if you had somebody who was trying to game that? Or I don't, I mean, I don't think we have anyone like that, but I just want the process to be strong, right? Yeah. And safe. Yeah, we, we could, you know, w with, with any of these little parts, we could create um, a sort of a, a, like say, 
you know, we, we could create things like burdens. Um, we could create uh, like you, you, if, if in doubt, you should rule in favor of so of such and such. You should rule in favor of of a full hearing. Mm -hmm. You know, we we could do that kind of thing, and we could give guidelines of of you know these are factors to consider, multiple factor tests in determining what's a complex case as opposed to a simple case. You know, you look at this, you look at that, whatever, and so we could specify certain things in a rule so that people aren't just going blind in going in blind uh you know trying to do these new functions yes. now i i will mention before we're sort of trying to figure out how to you know get to a conclusion here that at the last meeting, I think you weren't there. I the people were talking about amendments and there's something going on with Lila and they have they're trying to write a, um, an amended ordinance, which I'm I'm trying to kind of steer clear of because uh well I I don't know if I'm gonna really I I don't know if you can do it. I, I don't know if we if we can actually pull off something like that. Mm -hmm. It's it's really complicated to do something like that. But but they're talking about it. amendments. They're talking about things going through the compliance amendments committee, which makes sense. And then somebody was it Matthew said, "Well, this has you. We're gonna. What about changing the complaint rules? Why doesn't the complaint committee?" try to figure out ways to change the complaint rules. And I'm like, you know, well, you know, it's like, what, you want us to do that? Okay, we'll do it. And then somebody said, no, that should go to the rules committee. And then, like, I said, I said, well, I'll do it if you want, but, um, yeah, do you want a rules committee? Is there a rules committee? I don't know, you know. And, and that was kind of like probably where it got left. So there may be somebody who's going to say, well, if it has to do with rules, it has to be in the rules committee. So I don't know if 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 we'll be objected to on that basis, but that did happen in the last meeting. Yeah, I mean, that complicates things, too, because if some people are already thinking about making all kinds of changes, then this is just like another moving part being thrown into multiple moving parts yeah. right but the way i the way that um it was explained to me by bruce way back when i tried when i first joined the task force and tried to streamline and make the packets more readable <laughs> was that a proposal can come to the full task force from any committee but that it just has to be like brought through a committee or he suggested that, but I mean, actually since then, I've seen people just bring proposals straight to the full task sure, force without sure. having yeah. gone through any kind of committee or discussion, which to me is not personally the best way to do it because I want feedback from other people, but because there's, you know, because um, there's so much concern about things being transparent, like we're not even supposed to talk to each other outside of meetings. So there's no way, I think it's just harder to walk into like the full task force and have this whole proposal and no one's discussed it before 
um, and have it like really go anywhere. So I still think it's more value. And I was told it can come through any committee. It doesn't have to just be rules or wherever. Okay, got it. God. So I, yeah, that that's that's probably true. Is that if we do some, I don't see any. I don't see any. I don't think anybody will say like, wait, that yeah. had to that had to yeah. go through rules. It's just a proposal idea. that's coming. We've discussed it. We've discussed it publicly. Um, yeah. So I mean, I almost want if, if I mean, I don't know if it's worth. I wish our third member was here today, but maybe they can listen to this conversation, or we can. You know, she can see Cheryl's notes on it or whoever's notes on it. Um, it might be worth having like another discussion. My 1 worry is our 3rd person yeah. is brand yeah. new yeah. and doesn't have any context <laughs> yeah. for, yeah. you know, the process really yet. Yeah, I don't know if I can think of anything to actually like sort of. Put on like, oh, what to do next? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think we just sort of just we're just sort of going through different ideas. Mm -hmm. That was kind of you know just you know a mind blowing thought experiment. But yeah. maybe we just leave it at that. And yet we should leave it open if one of us thinks about a way to try to you know push put this into a into a product. Mm -hmm. And I'm open, you know, I, I'm not trying to ask you to do it. I'm not trying to ask me to do it, but I think either of us, you know, could do, or we could do it together somehow, but, um, it seems like maybe we should try to do something. I just, I'm just pretty open about exactly how that works. Yeah. My only concern, I mean, I think that's good, a good way to go. Um, we might even have separate things and then try to merge them somehow if we're inspired to do it. My only concern again is just like, if we do this and then we come and people are like, oh, but we're already trying to change this and this and this, and we've got this yeah. thing in the works, then it, that gets really messy. Yeah. But I don't know. I wasn't at the last meeting and I'm not sure how much of what they're doing. Well, they're talking about the process. They're talking about amending the, the law. Not the law is different because the you, law. Yeah, because so is, that's a that's a different process. And unless they're going to amend the law to say shall hold hearings and may yeah, <laughs> yeah, forty five yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. I guess we're not affected. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're going to swap them. We're going to switch <laughs> shall and may everywhere. I don't know. Okay, but I, to me, this is really useful because but, just banding yeah, out too. these ideas and. Yeah. Um, okay. Why don't we, um, up, why don't we, uh, say, uh, do we have any public comment or there's nobody on the public comment, uh, call in line at this time. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so we can move on to the next item. Thank you everyone for your patience with our wide ranging conversation. Are you for item Carol number 10? Yes. Item number 10, announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items by members of the complaint committee. I have nothing. I have nothing except for just, um, I addressed it earlier, but I feel like these these uh, packets were kind of reverted to the old way of organization, both the like the last three ones that we covered. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, going forward, unless- Yeah, we talked if about it, it. Yeah, okay. So that's the only thing I was gonna raise, but okay. I don't have anything. 
All right. Else, yeah. Item number 11, adjournment. What okay. time is it? 59. 8.59. Well, we lost a half hour, <laughs> but that's still...